Good morning, and welcome to According to the Scriptures. My name is Kyle Webb. I serve as the minister for the Mars Hill Church of Christ that meets in Christiana, Tennessee. I'm happy to be your host for this program, and I'm happy that you joined us today. As we uh, get into our lesson, we are continuing our series on why I'm a member of the Church of Christ. And today's reason is reason number four. Uh, we looked at this a couple of weeks ago, um, and we'll finish up our lesson today, um, that it was founded at the scriptural time, the Pentecost following the resurrection of Christ. We do want to be a part of the church of the Bible, and the only way to do that is to do things as the church of the, of the Bible. We have to recognize the church of the Bible and we understand that the church of the Bible was founded on the day of Pentecost, and no other church can say that. So only the church that is founded by Christ is the church of the Bible, and that's the church that we want to be a part of. The church of the Bible was founded on Pentecost following the Lord's resurrection from the dead, and any other church must be an imitation of the original. One of the things that, that we discussed recently in one of our lessons at Mars Hill, uh, we talked about how the church came about. And we'll look at this in a later lesson because I believe that it was one of our Wednesday night lessons, which is what I'm using for this program that we discussed it in. But when we look at denominations, we see that they, each one was created because they didn't like something about another. And it's almost like a photocopy. When you make a photocopy of something, it doesn't matter uh, how good the original is. The photocopy is not going to be the thing. And when you make a photocopy of a photocopy, it makes it even worse. The quality becomes less and less. And that's exactly what we find in our world. We have the original church before us in the Bible. And that's the church that we want to be a part of, ultimately. But in order to be a part of that church, we must look to the Bible. We must follow the authority of the scriptures and make sure that we're not making a copy of the copy. But we want to do things the same way that the original church did. So I hope that that's what's brought out in this lesson. And I hope that, that you will, will see fit to, to follow along with us and to study these things for yourself. Search the scriptures as the Bereans did, I believe it was. And so uh, we want to do that very thing. Before we get into our lesson for today, let's bow as we always do in a word of prayer. Our holy and righteous heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for our time together, for your word, for the ability to study it together, to understand it together. And we pray, Father, Father, that you would help us to take every word into our hearts, help us to apply it to our lives, help us to be more knowledgeable, help us to, to have a good understanding of what you want us to do so that we can be your church. We want to be pleasing to you, and we pray that you would help us to do that. We thank you for your son. We thank you for his sacrifice for our sins, for the blood that was shed to purchase your children, 
the church. And we pray, Father, that you would again help us to be what you would have us to be in all things. And it is through Jesus that we humbly pray. Amen. All right, as we get into our lesson, I think it's fit, fitting for us to go back, especially since it has been a couple of weeks. Uh, I will give you a warning. Last week, we had Wi-Fi issues here at the church building, and so everything, I think, kind of cut out about midway through. Um, but um, the the way that I'm broadcasting today, uh, at least the radio part is not set up under the Wi-Fi. I'm using uh, data on my phone, so hopefully that will help that. Uh, if we do cut out on the video portion of it, uh, at least you can go back to the website, tgrn.org, and uh, tune in to the live program and at least catch the end of the audio if that, that happens as it did last week. Hopefully we won't have any problems, um, but if we do, go to tgrn.org and click on Listen Live, and you should be able to at least hear the rest of the program uh, if the video doesn't continue. Um, anyway, looking back to what we have already looked at, we looked at several scriptures in this lesson that look toward Pentecost. And we're going to find that in the scriptures, in the Bible, that the church was actually established on Pentecost. There are many things that are written that look to Pentecost, look toward Pentecost, but there are only a few passages that we read that, that point us to the fact that the church was established on Pentecost, and that's the, the, the main idea, that's the point that we want to establish today. Now, in looking at some scriptures, I'm not going to read all of these because we have all, already been through them. But we're going to give just, just basically an introduction to what we're going to talk about today, which is the church actually being established. Um, but as we look at scriptures that point to Pentecost, we find that the church was foretold in prophecy. It was foretold in prophecy. Isaiah chapter 2, verses 2 through 4, is one of those passages. And also Micah chapter 4, and verses 1 and 2. And in both of these passages, we find that there is a reference to the latter days. And a reference to what would be the establishment of the church. And when and where that would take place. Just beginning to look at these, Isaiah chapter 2, beginning with verse 2. Now it shall come to pass in the latter days, and, and uh, the, the tense is very important for us to notice. This is talking of what would be, what would be to come. Now it shall come to pass in the latter days that the mountain of the Lord's house shall be established on the top of the mountains and shall be exalted above the hills. And all nations shall flow to it. Many people shall come and say, Come and let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of the God of, of Jacob. He will teach us his ways, and we shall walk in his paths. For out of Zion shall go forth the law 
the word of the Lord from where? From Jerusalem. Uh, I believe we've already established that the church was established in Jerusalem. If we haven't, then that means we're going to. Um, but as we look at what is said in Isaiah chapter 2, it is promising the establishment of the church. It says that many people shall come and say, come and let us go to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of the God of Jacob. The house of the God of Jacob, the dwelling place of the God of Jacob, we find is within his church. It, it says also that, that all nations shall flow to it. And it, we find that, that on the day of Pentecost, that there were many people that had come from many places to Jerusalem where the church was established. And they, they lingered there for a time before they, they went uh, and dispersed abroad into uh, their own respective nations and brought the church to them as well. But all of this was to come to pass. All nations shall flow to it. And I believe also maybe a reference here to all nations of every time come to this day of Pentecost. Even going back to uh, the Old Testament, we find that the blood of, of Christ, it flows forwards and backwards and it covers even those who were under Old Testament law that did things according to the Old Testament. As long as they were following God's will, the blood of, of Christ covers them as well. But we see the promise of the church. It, it was to come in the days of the kings. Daniel chapter 2 and verse 44. And in the days of these kings, the God of heaven will set up a kingdom which shall never be destroyed, and the kingdom shall not be left to other people. It shall break in pieces and consume all these kingdoms, and it shall stand forever. The days of these kings, the God of heaven will, again, set up a kingdom which shall never be destroyed. We see many kingdoms established throughout centuries and even today we find nations that as you go through the course of time as you study history it's important that we recognize our history but as we study through history we find that so many kingdoms have come and gone we have great kingdoms that were established uh, we look at the captivity in Babylon and there was a great kingdom that was established then under Nebuchadnezzar. And Nebuchadnezzar was told that, that his kingdom would one day cease. And, and it did. It was a great power, but it didn't continue forever. And neither do any of the kingdoms today. And, and even the United States that, that most of you listening probably are, are uh, citizens of. Even this great nation that we know of as the United States. It'll one day cease. If not in our lifetime, then it will, will be overcome. It will be consumed in the day of judgment. But one day, this nation will not be the world power that it has been for so long. And so we have to recognize that. And so we, we, we see a kingdom that was going to be established that was not going to be like any kingdom of the earth. It was a kingdom that would never be destroyed. 
And as we look uh, a little bit later into Matthew 16, that was the exact promise that, that Jesus made, that by faith, that, that according to uh, faith, the faith that Peter expressed in, in the fact that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God, in light of that faith, the church would be established and the gates of Hades would not prevail against it. They will not. It is promised. It's not something that should happen necessarily, but something that will happen. And that's what we look forward to. We, we read also, even in the New Testament, and this is, is the most interesting to me, as we get into the New Testament, you'll notice that the church was not established in Matthew chapter 1. There is a period, actually throughout the entirety of the Gospels, that is looking forward to the establishment of the church. And we don't find the establishment of the church until we get to the book of Acts in chapter 2. But even in looking at the Gospels, we read of this message. We read of, of this promise that the kingdom was to come. Matthew 3, verses 1 and 2 in those days, John the Baptist came preaching in the wilderness of Judea and saying, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Mark 1, verses 14 and 15. Now after John was put in prison, Jesus came to Galilee preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God and saying, The time is fulfilled. And the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. Even when Jesus came, he did not preach the kingdom established. The kingdom of God is at hand. The time for the kingdom of God is at hand. Not yet, but it is at hand. And he told them what? To repent and believe in the gospel. Jesus didn't come preaching baptism for the remission of sins because remission of sins could not be offered until he had shed his blood. And so he, he preached the same message that John the Baptist had come before him preaching. Repent and believe. In Jesus' prayer in Matthew 6, this was a model prayer. We often refer to it as the Lord's Prayer. But it is, in actuality, a model for us to follow in praying. But notice that in that prayer, verse 10, Jesus said, Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. The kingdom had not yet come. This could not be Jesus' prayer because Jesus would have prayed, about the kingdom established. But here he's praying for what would be after his death, burial, and resurrection from the dead. Your kingdom come and your will be done. We read of the promised church again in Matthew 16 and verses 13 through 19. But in particular, we read in verse 16, Simon Peter answered and said, You are the Christ. The son of the living God, Jesus answered and said to him, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you. But my father who is in heaven, 
And I also say to you that you are Peter. And on this rock, I will build my church. Jesus said even to Peter, I will build my church. He didn't say I have, but I will. Pointing to Pentecost. It was soon to come, Mark 9 and verse 1. Assuredly, I say to you that there are some standing here who will not taste death till they see the kingdom of God present with power. It was going to be in their lifetime. Now, there are some that believe that that this is speaking of a future event, that the kingdom still has not been established, that Jesus somehow failed in his mission, and that there are some that are living today that were alive back then. Common sense would tell us that that's not possible. As far as God's creation of of man and time, it is not possible. But it was going to come very soon. Still yet to come, but it would come soon. Uh, Again, we we read uh, that, that, that people had not yet entered into this kingdom, even in Matthew 18. In verses 1 through 5, at the time the disciples came to Jesus saying, Who then is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? Then Jesus called a little child to them, set him in the midst of them, and said, Assuredly, I say to you, unless you are converted and become as little children, you will, you will by no means enter the kingdom of heaven. It was to come. Verse 4, therefore, whoever humbles himself as a little little child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. Whoever receives one little child like this in my name receives me again. It was yet to come. And finally, almost, it was almost there, but not yet. When we read in Luke 10, verses 8 and 9, when Jesus sent out his apostles, whatever city you enter, And they receive you, eat such things as are set before you. Heal the sick there and say to them, the kingdom of God has come near to you. It is not yet, but it is near. In Luke 22, verses 14 through 18. Luke 22, verses 14 through 18. When the hour had come, he sat down and the twelve apostles with him. Then he said to them with fervent desire, I have desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. For I say to you, I will no longer eat of it until it is fulfilled in the kingdom of God. Then he took the cup and gave thanks and said, take this and divide it among yourselves. For I say to you, I will not drink of the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God comes. It was to come even in Jesus' final days on earth. As he's establishing the Lord's Supper with his disciples, the kingdom is not yet. Almost, but not yet. So as we remember these things, we look at at really what is our lesson for today. The church has been established. The church is established. And we find its establishment in Acts chapter 2. I'm not going to read through the whole sermon of, of Peter on that day, but as we get to Acts chapter 2 and verse 37, 
we read of the establishment of the church. After they had heard the sermon, after they had heard Peter's, uh, everything that he had to present as far as even going back into time and even going back into prophecy and telling that this was to come in the latter days. They hear this sermon. They hear about Jesus and who he really is. And in verse 37 of Acts 2, now when they heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? Verse 38, then Peter said to them, repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit for the promises to you and to your children and to all who are afar off, as many as the Lord our God will call. The promise was made and now it is coming to pass that men and and women can be a part of the church of Jesus Christ, the church that he established with the shedding of his own blood. And what are they to do to become members of that church? Repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. That's what we have to do today. Just as they had to do it then, so we have to do it today. There are people that minimize the importance of baptism, but this is exactly what was necessary for the people on the day of Pentecost for the Jews to become members of this church that was being established before their very eyes. Repent and be baptized for the remission of sins. You do not get remission of sins until repentance and baptism have been taken care of. In verse 40, and with many other words, he testified and exhorted them saying, be saved from this perverse generation. Then those who gladly received his word were baptized. And that day about 3000 souls were added to them. And how were they added to them? Because they were obedient to what Peter told them, repent and be baptized for the remission of your sins. Verse 42, and they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship, in the breaking of bread and in prayers. This is what the church did. They continued in what they were taught by the apostles. Remember that Jesus had told them in Matthew 28 to go into all the world and and preach the gospel to every nation, baptizing them and teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And we teach only those things that were commanded through the apostles by Jesus. They continued steadfastly in the breaking of bread and in prayers. This was according to the apostles' doctrine. Then then fear came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were done through the apostles. Now all who believed were together. All who believed. Remember the the faith that, that Peter had, that he expressed. I believe that you are the Son of God, the Son of the living God, Jesus the Christ. It's in that faith that they believed, and they were together through that faith. All who believed were together and had all things in common and sold their possessions and goods and divided them among all as anyone had need. 
So continuing daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house, they ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church daily those who were being saved. They went forth. They continued baptizing. And those who were baptized, those who were obedient to the gospel, became members of the church. They were added not by man, but by the Lord himself. One final passage in Colossians 1, verses 9 through 14, we read of the citizens of the kingdom, again, at this point, established. Colossians 1, verse 9, For this reason we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you, and to ask that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding, that you may walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing him, being fruitful in every good work, and increasing in the knowledge of God, strengthened with all might, according to his glorious power, for all patience and long-suffering with joy, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in the light. He has delivered us from the power of darkness and conveyed us into the kingdom of the son of his love. Not a kingdom that would be, that was to come, but a kingdom that is now established in whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins. We can be a part of this kingdom. If we walk uh, in, in the way it says here, in a way that is worthy of the Lord, then we can be a part of that kingdom that is established today. It is an existence. It's an existence in the form of the church. One day we will be a part of the kingdom of heaven. We are looking towards that day when the kingdom is established in heaven. But we must be a part of the kingdom of the church that is established today. I hope that this is, has been a helpful lesson to you. If you do have any questions, feel free to contact me. You can um, go through our congregation's website. That's probably the easiest way. MarsHillCoc.org. MarsHillCoc.org. For those of you that are watching on Facebook, you can simply send me a, a private message and, and I'd be glad to answer any questions that you may have. Uh, you can call us at the church building if you need to. Um, but but uh, if there's any way that we can help you, we want to do that. And certainly if you have any questions, uh, please feel free to contact me. But I thank you for being with me today. And I hope to be, be back with you again next week, next Tuesday morning at 11 a.m. as we study together again as a part of our program according to the scriptures. Thank you for being with us today. Until we meet again, may God bless you.